Shalom to all. Today's office from Mishnah Chavdalad. We are starting ten lines from the top with a brand new Mishnah. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sar, Bas Biakov Meisha, Hernishom Shadav and Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Mars Rivka, Bas Meir Zev, Hernishom Shadav and Aliyah. And the Mishnah says Mitzvah Begadol Yabim. The Mitzvah is for the oldest brother alive to do Yibam Vim Kadam Akatan Zacha. But if the younger brother, one of the younger ones that's alive, if he was Kaidem, he preceded, he jumped in and did Yibam first. He's Zach and he's allowed to stay married to the Yavama. Now before we start the Gemara, let's read one of the Pesukim regarding Yibam inside. The Pasuk tells us that we have two brothers living together. One of them dies without children, so his brother should marry his wife. And then the Pasuk says, The Bachar, which is born from this new union, he shall be established on the name of his brother who was deceased. This implies that this child which is born from this new union is called by the same name that the deceased brother was. And that way, the deceased brother has remembrance in this world. Now the Gemara tells us, we have a brisa. The Pasuk says, What do we learn from here? This teaches us that it's a mitzvah for the oldest one to do yibum. So Bryce is actually understanding that the word Bechar over here is not referring to the child which is now born from this new union. It's referring to the oldest brother. The oldest brother has to do yibum. So Bryce continues to understand the Pasuk, Asher Telid, which is born, This excludes if the woman is an islandist that can't have a baby, so there's no yibum by her. He shall be established by the name of his brother, for inheritance, meaning the Yavam that got married to the Yavama, he gets to inherit everything from his descendants brother. That's what L'nachla means. He gets to inherit his deceased brother. The Bryser says, You're saying it means he gets to inherit his deceased brother. Maybe it means that we have to call the child by the name of the deceased brother. Yosef, Karnasa, Yosef. Yechanan, Karnasa, Yechanan. If the name of the brother who died was Yosef, so we're going to call the child Yosef. The name of the brother who died was Yechanan, so we're going to call the child Yechanan. Maybe that's what it means. So Gmar says, no. It says over here, he shall be Yakum by the name of his brother. It says over there, So just like the shame that was being referred to in that other pasuk is talking about the nachla of shame amar kala nachla, so too the shame over here is referring to nachla, meaning the yavam gets to inherit his deceased brother. He does not have to name his child after his brother. And the pasuk continues dashing the pasuk, which says v'layu machashmai, and his name will not be erased. This excludes if the deceased brother was a sres, he was sterile, he wasn't able to have kids, so his name is machui anyway. It's erased anyway. He wasn't going to be able to have children anyway. So then there is no mitzvah. Now Amar Rava he comments on this brayas afakav kula ein mikor yetsim even though throughout the whole Torah, we're never going to remove a Pasuk from its simple understanding. Anytime we read a Pasuk, the basic way to understand it is the basic way to read it. But hacha, so shava, legamri. The Gzair Shava over here comes and completely removes it from its simple understanding. The simple understanding of Yaakum HaShem means that we're going to call this child by the name of the deceased brother. Now the Gzair Shava comes and completely removes it from its simple understanding. It doesn't mean to name this child after the deceased brother. It means that the Yavam gets to inherit the deceased brother. Now the Gemara questions Rav's statement that we could have read the Pasuk simply. Do you really mean to say that if we didn't have this Gzair Shava, we would have read this Pasuk of shame, meaning literally the name that we're going to name this child after the deceased brother? Who's the Torah telling that they should do this? Is the Torah telling the Yavam that he should name his child after his deceased brother? It should have said it should be by the name of your brother. And if you want to say the Pasuk is telling Bezdin that they have to ensure that the child is named after the deceased brother, the Pasuk should have said he should be called by the name of the brother of his father. So anyway, the Pashas of the Pasuk doesn't seem to be saying that we should name the child after the deceased brother. The Gemara says that's not a raya. It's very possible that the Torah is dressing Bezdin, that Bezdin should tell the Yavam, that this child should be called by the name of the brother. And since we could read the Pasuk, the Gzair Shava comes and takes it out completely from its simple understanding, and we're not talking about naming him after the brother, 
earlier, we're talking about Nachla. The Gemara continues analyzing the Brisa. How should the Amnikrabagadoksev, now that you said that the Pasuk is talking about the oldest brother, it says, and we're learning, means the oldest brother should do Yibam. The mitzvah is with the oldest brother. So, Emma, why don't I say that what the Pasuk is telling me is that the only one that's allowed to do Yibam is the Bachar, and a Pasha, a boy who's not the Bachar, doesn't do Yibam. The Gemara says, no, why would we have to have a separate Pasuk that says that is not allowed to do Yibam? is not the Bukhar. And if you're suggesting that only the Bukhar is allowed to do Yibam, there's no reason to say that Eishas Achim Shalai Ba'ilamai doesn't do Yibam. The Gemara counters, Parchavachar, Vacha asked the following, Ve'emelim Utei Bukhar Ima. Maybe the Isra of Eishas Achim Shalai Ba'ilamai is a brother coming from the same mother, and it's a Bukhar for that mother. So we say, no, Hulam HaTzisamrat, we can't say that. We already know that Yibam has to do with Nachla, Ve'nachla Mino'av, Alay Mino'im. And Nachla comes through the father, not through the mother. We know that the only brothers that do Yibam is if they share the same father, not the same mother. The Gemara continues asking, Perhaps what the Pasuk is saying is that if there's a Bukhar in the family, so then we can have a Mitzvah of Yibam. If there's no Bukhar, so then there's no Mitzvah of Yibam. And that's what the word Bahai HaBukhar is teaching us. The Gemara says, No, Amrkar, the Pasuk says, If one of them dies, Can't that be talking about that the Bukhar himself was the one that died from Rahman? And still the Torah says, That a younger one could do Yibam. The Gemara says, No, Maybe what the Pasuk is talking about is that the younger brother died and the Bukhar is the one that has to do Yibam. The Gemara says, That can't be. We already said that there's an Isser of and is a younger brother, not a Bukhar. The Gemara continues, perhaps this is the Joshua we should learn. When there's no Bukhar, so only then, if the younger brother got up and did Yibam, so he's Zaych and he could stay married to her. But if there's a Bukhar in the picture, if the younger brother did Yibam first, he's not Zaych because the mitzvah is with the Bukhar. So we say that can't be because Amakar the Pasuk says, when brothers are together. We are makish, all the brothers living together, meaning as long as they're all alive at the same time, all of them have an equal mitzvah. The Gemara continues, why don't we say that the word Bukhar is teaching us? When we have a Bukhar alive, we're going to go back to the oldest one. We're going to go back to the Bukhar in this scenario where none of them wanted to do Yibam or Chalitza. So then we're going to go back to the Bukhar and tell him, you have to do either Yibam or Chalitza. But if there's no Bukhar, so then you do not have to go back to the Gadol. Maybe that's what the word Bukhar is teaching us. Why did Abaya Kishisha teach? Mitzvah begadol yabim. There's a mitzvah for the oldest one to do yibam. Loi ratzav. He doesn't want to. Halchemetzal achim akatan. We go to the younger brother. Loi ratzav. None of the younger brothers want to do yibam or chalitza. Chazunetzal gadol. We go back to the gadol and we force him to do either yibam or chalitza. But once again, maybe the word bechar teaches us that only when there's a bechar we're going to go back to the bechar. But if there's no bechar, we're not going to go back to the older one. So the Gemara says no. Ke bechar. The word bechar is teaching us that he's like the bechar. Ma bechar bechayrasa garmalai. Just like the bechar, his status of being a bechar causes that we're going to go back to him. Avgadol. So to the oldest brother. Even though he's not a Bukhar, his status of being the oldest brother causes that we're going to come back to him. The Gemara continues, why don't we say the word Bukhar is teaching us? Only when the Bukhar is the one that did Yibam, so he's going to get the Nachla of his deceased brother. But if a regular brother does Yibam, meaning a brother who's not a Bukhar, he doesn't get the Nachla. The Gemara says that can't be. Amar the Pazik says, And here he has established himself by the name of his brother by marrying his brother's wife, even though he's not the Bukhar. So the Gemara asks, El Bukhar, the the Pasuk used the word implying that we're specifically talking about a Bukhar. But all these drashas that we're saying have to do with the oldest one and not specifically the Bukhar. So why did the Pasuk use the word Bukhar if we're not really learning anything having to do with Bukhar, we're learning something to do with the oldest brother? So the Gemara answers, the reason why the Pasuk used the word Bukhar is for his detriment. Just like a regular Bukhar, even though he takes double portion, he does not
not take double portion in his father's estate. Bira'i, like he does by Mochzik, we're going to explain that in a minute, Afhai, so to this brother, who was Miyabim, his brother's wife, even though he's going to get double portion, he's going to get his portion and his deceased brother's portion, he's not going to get Now what does that mean? Ra'i means something that's fitting to come. Mochzik means something his father has. So in the classic case of Bukhar, when his father dies, he gets double portion, but he only gets a double portion of what his father actually has in his possession at the time of death. But let's say something was going to be coming to his father, but his father didn't have it yet. For example, his father's father was still alive, his grandfather was still alive, and when his grandfather dies, his father would have gotten the entire Yerusha. This grandson, Bukhar, only takes double portion of his father's estate, but he doesn't get double portion of his grandfather's estate once his grandfather passes away. Because his grandfather's estate is called Roy, it's fitting to come to his father, but it hasn't come to his father yet because his grandfather is still alive. And it's the same thing over here. This brother that did Yibum, he's going to be getting his portion when his father dies, and his deceased brother's portion when his father dies. So he's like the Bukhar, he's getting a double portion, but he's only going to be getting that which his father's Muxikin, that which his father has already, and not something which is Roy. And the Mishnah continues, Hanitan al-Shifcha, someone who has rumors being spread about him that he was Mizana with a Shifcha with a non-Jewish maidservant, finished Ahura, and then she was freed. Oyal Evez Chavim, we had rumors being spread about him that he was Mizana with a non-Jew, Vinis Gaira, and then she did Geiros. He shouldn't marry her, Vimkanas, but if he marries her, we're not going to take him out of this marriage, we're not going to force him to divorce her. The reason why he shouldn't marry her is because he's lending credence to these rumors. Up until now, they were just rumors, no one knew for sure. But if he marries her, everyone's going to say, oh, of course he was Mizana with her, and that's why he married her after she did Geiros. Now we have another case which has a different outcome, if there's rumors that a person was Mizana with Aishas Ish, with a married woman, and then they took her away from her husband, Bezdin made her husband divorce her, even if he now married this Aishas Ish, that there was rumors that he was with this Aishas Ish, Yaitzi, he has to divorce her, he's not allowed to stay married to her. I think Gemara's going to talk about that. But now talking about the first case of the Mishnah where there was rumors that he was Mizana with a non-Jew, she did Geiris, he's not supposed to marry her. Says the Gemara, but it does seem to be that her Geiris was valid, even though it seems to be that she only did Geiras because she wanted to marry him. The Gemara says, Whether we're talking about a non-Jewish man who did Geiras because he wanted to marry a Jewish woman, or we're talking about a non-Jewish woman who did Geiras because she wanted to marry a Jewish man. A person who's Megair just because he wanted to eat on the king's table. He wanted to be one of the servants of Shlomo Melech. They're not considered Geirim. They were having a Rechemi's opinion. If a person became a Geir because a lion was attacked, him, which is like the Kusim, or in his dream he saw that he should become a Ger, or people at the times of Mordechai and Esther, they became Gerim because they were afraid of the Eden, they're not considered Gerim. They have to do Geros nowadays. The Gemara asks, what does that mean nowadays they have to do Geros? What it really means to say, just like nowadays. Nowadays there's no reason for them to become Gerim. The only time we're going to accept Gerim to Klaistral is not because it's a time that's very scary for non-Jews, so it's just easier to be a Jew, or at a time where it's Gesh to be a yid, so they're like, oh, let's just go be yidden. We're only accept Gerim if they really understand what they're getting themselves into. So our mission seems to be problematic that it implies we're going to accept this woman to be a Gyaris, even though she's only doing Gerim so that she can marry this Jew. The halacha is that all these types of people are Gerim, and the Gerim is valid in this case. The Gemara asks, If it's a valid Gerim, then he should be allowed to marry her. The Gemara says, No, Mishum Ravasi, Ravasi says, 
Mayim. This Pasuk literally means remove from yourself the twisting of the mouth and bending of the lips you should distance yourself from, which means that a person is not going to act in a manner that's going to cause other people to speak bad of him. So even though maybe this Geros of this non-Jewish woman was valid, since people are going to speak bad of him, that he married this woman, that these rumors were being spread about him, so he shouldn't really marry her. And Tanar we have a Brisa. We are not going to accept Gerim at the times of Mashiach. They didn't accept Gerim at the times of David Melch or at the time of Shlomo Melch. During the times of David Melch, they were afraid of Yidin, and at the time of Shlomo Melch, it was really Geshmak to be a Yid. We can't accept Gerim under these circumstances. And Omar Blazer, Blazer says, Micro, what's the Pasuk that supports this? The Pasuk says, Hangar, behold, if someone wants to become a Ger, Yagur, he could become a Ger. FS Meisi, if he does it without me, inferring when it looks like Hashem is not with Klal Yisrael, FS Meisi, when it's like Hashem is not with Klal Yisrael, then he wants to convert, that's okay. Migar Itach, when someone converts with you, when he wants to be with Klal Yisrael, even during the difficult times of Klal Yisrael, then he's going to rest with you, meaning then that Ger is welcome into Klal Yisrael and he's going to be brought into Eilam Abba. So it implies that we're only going to accept Gerim when it's difficult to be a Yid. Avol Idach Lai, but other Gerim are not going to be accepted. When it's Geshmak to be a Yid, we're not going to take Gerim. Into Klai Yisrael, only when it's difficult. And the second case of the Mishnah was Ish. There was rumors about a person that he was Mizana with Ashes Ish. She was taken away from her husband. He married her. We have to take her away from him as well. Amar Rav, Rav says the only reason why we're taking him away is because of Adim. We have Adim that knew 100% that they were Mizana. It wasn't just that there was rumors about them. We knew for sure that they were Mizana. There's a halacha, Kshem The same way she's ushered to her husband if she's Mizana, she's ushered to the one whom she was Mizana with. So that's why we have to take him away from her. Amar Rav Shesha, Rav Shesha says, Amino, I Rav must have been dozing off when he said this. The time you have a brass that says not like that. The brass says as follows. There was rumors about him that he was Mizana with an Ashes Ish and she was taken away by Bezdin from her husband. She had married someone else and then got divorced from that other person and now comes along the one who is Mizana with her. If this one who is Mizana with her married her, so then we're not going to take him away from her. What's the case? If we want to say there was Adim that we knew for sure that they were Mizana together, just because someone else came and married this woman in the interim and stopped the rumors about him, my Hava, who cares that he came and married her? If we have Adam, that this man was really Mazana with her, he's always us at her, no matter how long afterwards. El Lavi must be Deleka Adam. There's no Adam that he was Mazana with her, it was just a rumor. The only reason why he's allowed to remain married to her is because someone else had come and married her in the interim and stopped these rumors. But if someone hadn't stopped the rumors, Mafkinon, so then we would would take him out of this marriage. So we see that Rav is incorrect. Rav said, the only reason why we're going to take him out of this marriage with this woman is because we had Adim that he was for sure Mazana. But this Brisa very clearly shows us that even if there's not Adim, as long as there wasn't a break in the rumors, we would still take him away from this woman who he was rumored to be Mazana with. Rav will answer you, that same thing applies that even though a different person did not come and marry her in between and therefore he did not stop this rumor, they still wouldn't be taken away from this marriage. Only if there's Adam that he was really Mazana with her, then we'll take him away from this marriage. If not, we're not going to take him away. This is what the Bryce is saying. Even though another person came and married her in between and therefore stopped the rumors about him, he's still not allowed to marry her. So Rav has a way of understanding the Bryce, even according to his Shita. The market continues asking on Rav. We have a Bryce that says, When is it we're going to take him away from this woman? That's only if she didn't have children with the original husband. But if she had children, 
with her original husband, then we're not going to take her away from this new husband of hers, the one whom she was rumored to be Mizana with. Why is that? Because if we're going to take her away, people are going to say, it must be she really was Mizana, and then they're going to say about her children from her previous marriage that they're really Mamzerim. However, if we have Edim that say that she really was Tamitim, meaning she really was Mizana, even if she has children from the previous marriage, we have to separate them because she is Usher to the Baal. She's Usher to the one whom she was Mizana with. So we have a clear Raya from Abraisa, not like Rav. This Brisa tells us very clearly that even though there's no Edim, we'll still separate the two. So Gemara tells us, Rav Rav explains our Mishnah as talking about where she has children and there was also Edim that she was Mizaneh. Why is it that Rav has to establish our Mishnah that she had children from the previous marriage but there were Edim that she was Mizaneh? And the only reason why we're going to take her away from this new husband of hers is because there was Edim that she was Mizaneh with him. But if there wasn't Edim that she was Mizaneh with him, she's allowed to stay with him. Why don't we just say that she didn't have children from the original marriage and even though there weren't Edim and they were Mizaneh, since she didn't have children from her previous marriage, it's not a problem to say that she's not allowed to stay married to this new person. So Marava, Rava answers for Rav, Masishin Kishisei. Rav had a problem with our Mishnah. My area is a tani Haitziyua. Why is it that we have to use the Lashon of Haitziyua? They took her out of the original marriage. Lesni Haitziyua. Why don't we say that he got rid of her? Meaning the husband got rid of her. Ella must be Kol Haitziyua Bebezdin. The word Haitziyua means the Bezdin said that she's not allowed to remain married to her original husband. And who Bezdin Beedim Hudemafki. Bezdin is only going to say that she's not allowed to remain married to her original husband if they have Edim that she was Mazana. So that's why Rav is forced to understand our Mishnah that we have Edim that she was Mazana. Why else would Bezin get involved if not for the fact that they knew for sure with Edim that she was Mazana? Or you by saying alternatively we can answer that Hani Masniyasa, these Brysas that we use to ask on Rav, Rebbe, he, they're really Rebbe's opinion. Tatan, you have a Brysa. Reichel Yotze Isha Chagaris Besinar. If a man walks into his house, the Reichel, the fellow that sells women's perfume, he's walking out of the house and the woman is putting on her undergarments. Amar Rebbe, Rebbe says, Since this is very Mechur, it's very clear that something happened. Tetzay, so then he would just divorce her. He has to get rid of her. Clearly, she was Mazana. Another scenario this person walking to his house as the Reichel, as the perfume seller, was walking out and he saw Reichel, Malam, and Akila. There was spit, there was saliva on the underside of the canopy, which is above the bed, which means that someone was laying on their back on the bed and spat upwards. Obviously, she was Mazana. Amar Rebbe, he says, He's got to get rid of her. A similar scenario, if there was shoes overturned under the bed, Amar Rebbe, he says, He's got to get rid of his wife. The Gemara just asked on this last case, you're saying there's these shoes overturned. Why don't we just see whose shoes they are? So we say, no, it means the place where he usually puts his shoes is all overturned. Remember, they had dirt floors. So he sees that the place where he puts his shoes clearly had shoes there before and they weren't his shoes. It must have been someone else's shoes. So here we have a real smach. There's a real tzad to say that his wife was mazana, so he's got to get rid of her. So we're able to understand these brasses like Rebbe that over here, even though we didn't have Adam, there's a real tzad to say she was mazana, so we'd have to get rid of her. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about these shitas of Rav and Rebbe. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.